place of calm, a simple place, one that inspires hopes and dreams. Even a place like this can and does hold its secrets. Come along, won't you? Together we'll find an entry point into the creepy quadrant. It was finally spring. Edna pulled on her rain boots. The ground was still muddy and things had only just begun to truly thaw. She stepped off her porch, down onto the yellow and brown grass, her new set of gardening tools clutched proudly in hand. The long winter had left her with more than enough time to fantasize about her first real garden. It would be the brightest, healthiest, most impressive garden that she had ever seen. She just knew it. Because she was ready to put in the work to make it something she would be proud of. She reached the garden gate that she had built the previous fall and walked proudly through it. Edna crouched and pulled a corner of landscaping fabric at the edge of the garden. There was beautiful, vibrant, dark soil underneath. The dead former green things coiled and flattened along with it. She breathed in deeply. And the smell of dirt brought back a rush of happy memories. She remembered helping in her mom's garden. She remembered making mud pie on the playground. Today's goal was to pull up the layer of landscaping fabric and dig into the earth, turning and fluffing as much of it as she could manage in one day. It was a first-year garden, which meant that there was no way she would get all that done in one day with only her own strength and a shovel. She would try, of course, but she knew that it would be tiring. Let's go, she thought. The fresh, earthy smells seemed to give her strength. She peeled landscaping fabric from the entire surface of her garden, finding fascinating wriggling bugs everywhere. And she tried not to step on them as she worked and felt a bit bad for disturbing them. Once she'd finished this step, she stood back, admiring the dark colors of earth and dead plants, and breathing in the smell of impending green life. She started to dig, leaning into each shovelful. Her shovel hit rocks and tree roots, and she had to use all of her strength to work around them and pull them out of the ground. It was hard work, but she continued for hours, digging and digging. Soon she was sweating with the effort though the weather was not yet warm. Her back was aching menacingly and her hands stung from the friction of the shovel. She looked down and realized that she had begun to develop some pretty severe blisters. Why hadn't she thought to wear her new gloves? The shovel rubbed against her blisters as she worked, 
even with gloves on. The rocks she unearthed were piling up at the edge of the garden. Rust red, fog gray, and dusty deep brown. Each time she tossed another rock on top, she wondered how big it would get. How many more rocks there were, yet to be added, hidden under the dirt and waiting to be found. Again, Edna positioned her shovel, set her foot onto its edge, and jumped down, throwing her weight at the ground. What was this? No matter where she placed her shovel, attempting to dig it out, it stopped with another thud. This thing must be huge. It was not a tree root. There were boards of wood lined up next to each other. She kept digging and scraping the dirt away, her curiosity overwhelming her. She'd hit something metal. It was a handle, old and carved, caked with mud. She had found a door. For a moment, she just stood, looking at it, thinking. Who would bury a door in the ground, or had it been there so long that it had become buried by time? It did look old. The wood was dark and weathered, and the handle was shaped in an odd swooping design she didn't recognize. The hinged handle to a castle door? or what she imagined a castle door might look like. She took her phone out of its protective Ziploc bag and took a picture. It was an odd find, but she'd still have to move it if she wanted to plant her garden, so she set her phone down on the pile of dirt and gripped the looped handle, pulled hard. The door opened. She was staring down a long staircase, going down, down, surrounded by concrete walls that glowed yellow with some unknown source of light. She stepped down to the first stair with her hands on the edge of the door frame for balance. Her pupils adjusted to the new light, but she still couldn't see what was at the bottom. What was this? She had to find out. Curiosity had overwhelmed her. And without a second thought, she descended the steep staircase, sliding her hands down the strange, glowing concrete, her phone left forgotten in the dirt. It took some time to reach the bottom. And when she did, she found another door, similar to the first. She opened it. And beyond was a large room. Edna stepped inside without hesitation. You might imagine that if you were in Edna's position, you would begin to worry. What if the door somehow locks behind me and I become stuck in this strange place with no one but me? knowing it exists. What if the air is not breathable, 
What if I find something dangerous? What if this is something I shouldn't do alone? But not Edna. She had always been bold and thoughtless. Her intense curiosity and innate sense of adventure did not leave room for doubt. She simply had to find out what came next. The room was filled with things that were halfway recognizable and halfway foreign. Furniture was scattered throughout. It was some sort of living room. Rounded sofas like fluffy jelly beans sat here and there, drooping under their own weight. Multicolored tables stood, one here, one there. In contrast to the round sofas, they were angular, each with jagged edges and pointy outcroppings. One for each individual who might need their own personal table. Deep colors swirled within the wood that wasn't wood. Individually bright, they blended together into a soft, homey color. There was no source of light, none that Edna could identify. The room was lit by the same ominously comforting glow that the stairway had had. It seemed to be emanating from the walls. All in all, the room was very simple. There were places to sit and spend time, but no one to spend time in them. Edna turned in a circle, taking in the room, wondering why it was. As she spun, she noticed a plaque, slightly below eye level, next to the door she had just come through. Unlike the rest of the room, which was filled with color, it was a deep and aged-looking bronze. It read, Aural Reinforced Exit. Maintain seal to avoid unsafe infinite levels. Infinite? Edna moved on to the next room. There was an arched passageway that led to a sort of kitchen. Stone ovens lined the walls. Their design and shape was familiar, but instead of wood to start a fire beneath the ovens, pieces of the same glowing concrete-like substance were piled underneath. As Edna walked by the ovens, each pile of concrete glowed stronger. They shone bright and hot as she approached them, and then started to fade as she moved past them. There was no food in this room, but each corner of it opened into four pantries, each half-empty and huge, filled with fat black cylinders. Each cylinder with some variation of root vegetable cartoonishly painted on its side. Edna was starting to get a sense of what this place was. It was designed to be lived in by many people for an extended period of time. It had been waiting to be used, waiting for disaster, waiting for something terrible to happen, waiting for infinite, whatever that was. It waited for a disaster that never came. It was a fallout shelter. There were no clues about how long it had been there, no dates written on the cans. 
Everything here was so odd. All extremely familiar and unfamiliar at the same time. Would the vegetables in these cans be recognizable if she opened one? Or would even they be confusing and alien? She chose one of the black cylinders with something resembling beets painted on the side and took it back into the room with the ovens. She wanted to open the can just to see what was inside. She had no idea how long it had been there, so the contents might be rotten. But she was just so curious to see what was inside. Upon closer inspection of the ovens, she found a hook on the left side of each one and used it to force the can open. Out splashed slimy red and purple globs. Half the contents of the can had spilled out onto the floor, but she supposed there was no reason to worry much about being messy. The place must have been abandoned for decades, or at least as long as she had lived in her house, which was about seven years. She wrinkled her nose at what was left in the can expecting a rotten stench. But it didn't smell bad. It smelled sweet. Hmm. They looked like old canned beets, but they smelled like candy. She leaned in closer, tipping the can so its contents were more clearly revealed by the soft, glowing light of the room. Should she? She probably shouldn't, but once she asked herself that question, it was a foregone conclusion. She dipped her fingers into the can. It felt slimy and slippery. After a few failed attempts, she pulled a small glob out. A sticky tendril clung to it, sliding slowly back into the can like viscous pizza cheese. She brought it up to her mouth and took a tiny, tentative bite. It was good. Really good. It was flowery and sweet. Really sweet. It felt so nice on her tongue and in her stomach that she decided to eat what was left in the can. She went back the way she'd come and plopped down on one of the jelly bean sofas, which wiggled pleasantly, then settled under her. She munched her sticky treat. They weren't really beets. They looked similar, but must have been something else entirely. She thought about this as she ate, wondering where they came from and why she'd never heard of them. After all the work she had done in her garden above, she was starting to feel tired, and the soft sofa and sweet snack felt just right. Her thoughts turned to dreams, and she fell asleep. She awoke to a strange sound. In the moment between sleeping and waking, she did not remember where she was. As the room came into focus, so did the sound that had woken her. It seemed to move up and down like waves in the ocean. She rose from the sofa slowly and quietly. She followed the sound through the kitchen 
and past the pantries very, very carefully. She paused at the far side of the kitchen. One more door stood between her and one last mystery. She held her breath, listening as fully as she could. Taking one long, slow breath to prepare herself, she leaned forward, then she grasped the handle of the door and pulled it quickly open. Inside were at least 20 pairs of eyes looking at her. They were wide with shock. The inhabitants of this bunk room had not expected a stranger to open their door. It was, in fact, the very last thing that they had expected. Their small round bodies tensed in fear, for they knew that they were no longer safe. Edna tried, in the stunned silence, to understand. Their fear had been so real that they had fled to their shelter from the danger that would never come. And every creature before her was stunned. They said nothing. Edna said nothing. And she knew that they did not understand. And they watched as the infinite poured in behind her. A familiar and safe place for both parties. Until today. Can we ever truly comprehend the consequences intended and otherwise of our actions? Can we with any amount of planning ever truly know what to expect from the day ahead? Edna is in well over her head, now that she's dug her way down to her own personal access hatch for the creepy quadrant. <laughs>